This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Get clear about what you want, for it will lead you to who you are. Valeria Tejas interviews Christy Peck, the author of Coming Home, A Love Story. Christy has been a teacher for pretty much all of her life. What started out as imaginative play when she was younger led to a lifetime purpose for helping others learn. She is here to inspire you to own your worth be a learner in every aspect of your life, and have a darn good time living your life. As a natural-born empath, along with a bit of self-teaching and some incredible teachers along the way, she learned to leverage her natural abilities and intuitive wisdom to help others release energetic blocks, surrender painful memories, make conscious choices, and cultivate a sacredness about life. She knows the word healing seems to scare us, and that is because it is a necessary path for our own evolution. She provides a safe space for those she serves to do the work and remember the self as majestic and full of life. She is a teacher of all things spiritual, a highly intuitive healer, a creative girl, and a writer. She is the author, her latest boon, and the host of the podcast, Living the Liminal, the finding joy in the present moment, where it is all about topics relating to healing, transformation, and living in the present moment. She mentors people using her intuition and divine connection with transformation who come seeking change. Meet Christy at christypeck.com. Here is the interview with Christy Peck. In your own words, who am I speaking with today? (laughs) Hi, I am Christy Peck. I think I'm going to tell you a little bit about like who I am, more so than what do I do, and we'll get to that. I am really a learner. I am a seeker of truth. I'm funny. I am compassionate. I am just a lover of all of life. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I am just a teacher, really a teacher at heart. It took me a long time to come to that, that, that realization that anything that I do is really because I am a learner and I am a teacher in life. I'm a student of The Course in Miracles. I've been studying it for years, love everything about it. And in there, A Course in Miracles says you are either learning or teaching. And, and so 
that really resonated with my heart in the work that I do. And so the work that I do is honestly bringing the divine into the life of others. And so I do that by inspiring others to really be all of who they are. Um, Sometimes I'm teaching spirituality. Sometimes I'm speaking on different aspects of spirituality. Sometimes I am channeling my own um, source. So whether that's angels or, or ascended masters or um, loved ones or spirit guides that I tend to work with, whether that's nature, whether that's animals in some way, I, I take it all in in terms of just being highly connected to something bigger than myself. Um, and I show others how to do that because the essence um, of oneself, along with the essence of this limitless higher self, is really what I'm here to help others gain access to. And so it's not something that's just separate from who they are. It's always within them. And so the work that I do through, I have a podcast called Living the Liminal, um, Finding Joy in the Pauses of Life. Um, where I've been able to have a platform to talk about all these incredible aspects of learning in the human experience. Um, I interview this, the most amazing guests, and it's been a lot of fun to, to play in that field of learning and teaching. Um, I have a book. I wrote a book called Coming Home, A Love Story. It's really, um, I would say it's like the the awakening process, the spiritual awakening process when you first gain an understanding from for like what your life experiences look like and and what they have meant for you in your awakening to understanding who you really are which is really the the the, the sole purpose of living here i mentor people so i have clients who i mentor providing for them some ongoing um, a trusted relationship where we can work through past experiences so that they can untangle the meaning behind them so that they can come into their truth of knowing who they are. I write, I blog, I write, I post, I've written articles for magazines and I I just kind of do a variety of stuff. Again, bringing me back to, I'm here to help bring the divine into the lives of others and inspire them to be all of who they are. I used to be a teacher in the school system. So that sort of prepared me for this kind of platform, which is larger and broader. What is life to you? Wow, that's a really good question. Life to me is sort of like these two aspects. Okay, so we have this very mystical, mysterious aspect where there is there are synchronicities, there is this flow, this this like energetic flow that you kind of get into where you start to notice things. You start to see the links and the commonalities between messages and and symbols and people entering into your lives and something like within your heart just starts to pop out. There's kind of like a, a vibrational um, energy that, that comes about in this particular aspect of, of walking here on earth. And then I think the other aspect of life is experiencing, okay, um, what I call awakeness, which is living consciously, paying attention to everything, being fully aware of like why you do what you do and who's entering in your life, who's exiting your life, who's what experience. 
experiences are coming in? What situations are coming in? What do they mean? What could they possibly mean? What is your body saying to you? Living healthy. So why do I do what I do? Why do I choose the food choices that I make? Why do I choose the clothes that I do? I wear, why do I drive the car that I drive? Why do I live where I live? Why do I say the things that I say? So why do I move in this way? Why do I not want to move in this way? Like understanding what we say yes and no to in our life. Um, And the other aspect of, of experiencing awakeness is being whole. So spiritually noticing that you are whole in that you are a spiritual being within a human body and the human experience is what your human body is going through but there's this deeper essence of you and a lot of times my clients don't always know that deeper essence and so again my job is to help bring that into a more balanced um, state so that they can feel their wholeness because it's always within them what do you think is the opposite of life wow this is another good question honestly slumber I think that, and I believe in my experience, that because we're, we're this duality of spiritual being in a human body, and, and because we haven't all 100% of, of the world's population, right, who's all here on earth, understanding that we have an awakening to be, to be journeyed through, that many are sleepwalking. Um, it's, a, it's a great way to explain it. They're, they're moving through their life and they may be experiencing things like joy and, and a little freedom and some fun and some laughter and some love. And really though, the essence of them is in a slumber. It's in a state of just sleep and rest and it hasn't really come alive. It hasn't really exploded within them or fired up within them to be of a presence in their life. What is the purpose of the human experience? Like I said before, you know, learning, teaching, those are, those are aspects of the human experience. I really think the human, the, the real purpose, like the, if you had to say this is one thing you're here to do, I think it's really to have joy and to experience love in its truest form, to understand the cycles of life, death, and rebirth, that there's always this cycle that's spiraling around around you, kind of like a, a tornado, a tornado that kind of whirls swirls through a, a community. So think about this energy with around you. And, and it's really about it's filled, this energy is filled with life experiences and death experiences and rebirth experiences. And it's also filled with threaded in there is this tapestry of joy and love and freedom and peace and sadness and heartbreak and grief. And, and it's just this beautiful, um, like I said, beautiful tapestry um, swirling around you. And if you can become highly aware, okay, so as your awareness increases, you begin to just take in those experiences as they are and journey. It's like, it's like going on a hike, journeying through those experiences that come your way. At this time, what is the purpose of your life? Well, I have um, young adults as children. I have teenagers as children. Um, I'm also taking care of my father-in-law and I am in relationships, whether it's my husband or my children or my friendships. I have clients. I have 
the podcast I'm writing still. And if I take all of those and say, what is my purpose? It is to lead by example. So it's to bring out all the essence of myself and lead by example. It's to share the infinite wisdom that I have access to and lead by example. It's to inspire. It's to to lead by example and live it, live it all, being all in and experience it as if kind of like on the outside looking in, kind of like a snow globe and then and then inspire others, share that with the world. Um, I'm not unique. I, I don't think that there's something really quote special about me. I think I'm just willing to share what I know, share what I, I've learned help others gain access in the way that I have it because I think it's available to everyone and I want everyone to feel the the joy and excitement and the love in life like I do along with you know the duality of those those experiences which is grief and sadness and scarcity or any of those those opposites what are some of the greatest misconceptions about happiness in your opinion I think the greatest misconception about happiness is that it's an end result. It's an outcome, um, kind of like climbing a mountain. I think that many believe that joy and happiness is where we get to. And I don't believe that that at all. And I think that that is a huge misconception. And I think that that honestly is what is is sort of like this cause and effect the cause of and the reason why so many are unhappy or disconnected from themselves and their life experiences, hiding, numbing, trying to run away, distracting themselves with our, quote, busyness, you know, having so much to do so that we don't have to face it. I think, honestly, happiness is a choice. It's always available. It's a choice. We have to maybe learn how to have happiness in every moment. But I believe there is, again, a thread within this tapestry of life. There is a thread of happiness in every single experience. Sometimes you have to journey through some dark, heavy, stormy stuff to get there, to understand the happiness within it. Um, And I think that's part of the awakening process of understanding yourself more. So I believe that our experiences help us to understand ourselves more. And within that, Happiness is always a choice. And sometimes we have to ask for help. We have to ask for help to find the happiness and the joy. But I believe it's always there. What do you love most about being in a human body? This one is still I'm learning. So um, I have a lot of trauma in my background, um, in my growing up years, in my childhood, and even until honestly just recently. And so what I'm learning And again, we're always learning, right? We learn it and then we teach it. So what I'm learning is that the body is really strong. It's really, really strong. It's stronger than you ever think possible. Even when you have pain in your body, even when you you say you can't do something, it's still very, very strong. And it has a wisdom that I don't think we always understand. And like I said, I'm really just learning to understand my wisdom in my body and listening to the wisdom of my body. I think I've had many, many years of growing up and and, and getting older 
and going through my own experiences where I didn't understand the wisdom of my body and what it was telling me. And so I'm currently in a place where I'm trying to honor that wisdom, almost like talking to a friend and saying, hey, what are you trying to tell me? What does this mean? Um, what do you want to, what do you want to get my attention for? And, and so I think that honestly, if we could understand our human body is part of our human experience in living life in this way, and that part of that human experience is letting the body fail, right? Because there really is no failing, but letting the body fail in perception so that it can get stronger and show us the stronger aspects of ourselves that are always within us, ready to come alive. What is healing to you? Wow, there are many ways to answer this question, but I'm going to go back to what I think is the basic essence of healing, and that is to remember who you are. Now, there's work there. I believe that in the in the very beginning of healing, so again, your body is going to signal to you when you need to go into healing, right? So it's either going to signal to you physically, so you have some kind of pain, like you might hurt your knee or your ankle or your wrist or your finger, and then your body is going, or you might have you might have something more deeper, like an organ or um, or or muscles that signal to you. But your body is going to signal to you when something needs to be healed. We can also have experiences that will signal to us when something needs to be healed. So let's say we get into a fight with a friend and we feel sad or we feel um, unhappy or it makes us feel anxious that's still your body signaling to you that something needs to be healed. And the work to be done is to dig into those pain points and relive a moment or an experience or a situation or an interaction or relationship in order to remember who you are. And sometimes that remembering also includes the darker aspects that we have to honor and remember and welcome into our life in that way, because they are all part of who we are. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Okay, freedom. Freedom to me is knowing you always have a choice. So it's the human part of you saying and knowing you have free will, right? So you have this, this ability to make a choice in any moment, any situation, any relationship. And I really preface any relationship outside of the roles that you play, right? Um, so let's say, for example, you're, you have a job and you're working and the boss, your boss is just negative and toxic and criticizes you and puts all these demands on you and you are unhappy. You are feeling it in your body. So freedom is you have a choice. You have choices. You stay and you pretend it doesn't exist and you move on through it or you try to talk it through, communicate it, whether it be with the boss or with another uh, another, another grouping of people around it who could maybe help elicit a better communication and relationship there. You have a choice to put your boundaries up and, and, and you yourself self-negotiate and self-create um, what you want that relationship to be like and you work within those boundaries or you walk away and you get another job. I mean, we have basic choice in everything we do. That's freedom, right? I think freedom is also living very consciously as an observer in your life. So observing every experience, again, using that snow globe as an example, 
um, or a metaphor for how we look into our life and we can see things happening. That's freedom. We're not, our life isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. And if we can look in and kind of see it from a broader aspect, it sort of helps us to detach from outcomes and to just be more present in the experience. Um, I think, what does it mean to be free? Um, really being in sync with your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, like living an aligned life. Some may call it an awakened life. Enlightenment, these are all words that that you might hear. I can, I in my work, I talk about a conscious lifestyle. It's a lifestyle to be this connected to something bigger than yourself and to be connected to yourself. And that alignment um, that includes your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, that is what, to me, what it means to actually live freely and to live consciously and to live with that understanding. At this time, what is the world's greatest need? And also, do you have a vision for a new reality? Wow, I love this question so much more because of we've just, you know, been in this pandemic, right, for for the last almost almost year and a half um, that has really locked us down and has caused us to be silent, still, present, um, to be an observer from the inside out, right? Because we're we are sort of stuck in our homes. And we're also, because of that, awakening to the truth about our lives and ourselves. So we're looking at social injustices. We're looking at racial injustices. We're looking at economic injustices. We're looking at, are we treated fairly, freely? Are we treated with compassion? Do we have love available at all times? Are we, how are we treating each other, speaking to each other, acting? How are we doing that within ourselves? So I think the greatest need right now is we need to awaken. We need to come out of slumber and we need to awaken. And where where we're not living by standards and rules and competition and where we're really living with a richness of knowing who we are in our own essence and then then connecting that kind of like network and a network like at the back of a phone. If you pull the back of the phone off, there's like the, all these cords networked together and hooked up together. And so if we each know who we are, then we inter, we interconnect with others, okay? And then we bring out this huge, um, kind of like the energy that allows that phone to work once everything is connected. If we connect to ourselves. Okay, know who we are, then we interconnect to other people in that way. And then we have this huge surge of energy and frequency and vibration that's really based upon the good stuff in life. So compassion and understanding and communicating and health and wellness and joy and laughter and fun and freedom and a willingness to learn and be the learner, but and then and then once you learn, you teach, and then we just have this ongoing um, array of really positive, uplifting, energetic, good stuff in life. I think another basic need, uh, or maybe this is more of the vision for a new reality, is I kind of see that you know it used to be that we lived from what was called Maslow's hierarchy, right? 
So our basic needs were like food and water and and shelter. And, and I think we need to move up that. And I think we need to understand that our basic needs need to be, do you personally have a sense of belonging to yourself? And if you have a sense of belonging to yourself, then you will be provided and you will gain access to food, water, shelter. So taking care of your physical needs. If you have a sense of belonging to yourself, you then take care of others because you see the necessity in taking care of your physical needs. You then, you then broaden that to taking care of others. And then I think the new reality includes that if you have a sense of belonging to yourself, right? And you've taken care of your human needs. And now you've broadened that to taking care of others' human needs. And then you broaden that even further and you take, you take care of the universe. So connecting to something so large and outside of ourselves means we're taking care of our spirituality as well and our spiritual being. And I think that the new reality will include, why do you do what you do? How do you, how do you face vulnerability within yourself? How do you limit distractions to, to put your body in a more homeostasis pattern? How do you keep healthy your mind, your body, your soul? And then how do you help others keep healthy? And then how do you help the universe keep healthy? So my reality would include all of that. And again, I believe I'm here to lead by example, to, to inspire others to even take the risk because it is a risk to make changes, to take a risk and make some small changes, because even small changes, if we all begin to make small changes within our own lives, we can broaden this out to a total new reality in a short amount of time. What is your understanding and idea of love? So I, okay, a little secret about me is I am a Hallmark lover. Okay. I love the romance movies. I love watching all of that. And I think it's because that is something that is just so connected and, and truthful about who I am. I love the movies about love. So when someone always asks me about like, what's the idea of love? It's, it's what you see in the movies, but it's not what you see in the movies. It's what you feel when you're watching those movies. So I, I kind of laugh because not everybody loves watching the romance movies, right? So we have to learn how to feel what we, what some of us can feel watching the romance movies. That's love. Love is not, a, love is portrayed, right? It's, per, it's the perception of an action, but it's really the feeling you get when you're with somebody, when you're watching something, when you're in a, in an environment or in a place, um, it's movement, it's, it's whatever it is that you're doing that brings about a feeling. And, and I think the feeling is really indescribable sometimes because it's just where you feel peace and you feel such joy and happiness and you feel free and you just feel so connected to something so much bigger. It's kind of like for some standing right at the edge of the ocean when the water's just coming in and going out and you feel it on your feet and you see this big, massive expansion in front of you. It just feels so abundant and alive. That's love. 
I think for some, it's just being in a forest, making maybe hiking or or just on a tour of some, and just feeling this expanded energy of the trees and the leaves and the and the the animals and and everything going around. It just feels so expansive. That's love. I think for some, it's being in the mountains and again looking out, and everything is just so big and large and expansive. And feeling that energy within your body, that's love. So I believe love is more of an of a feeling and an emotion. But we as a human, in our human bodies, we only understand it in terms of action. And so what's the critical movement here is aligning those actions with the feelings. And when we don't have alignment... So if we're, if we're waiting to feel love, but the actions outside of us or the actions that are surrounding our lives are things that don't make us feel this expansion and this expanded form of goodness within our heart, then we have to question, is love present in my life? Do I have the right people in my life? Do I have the right job in my life? Do I have the right circumstances? Am I living in the right neighborhood? Am I living in the right house? Am I living, am I driving the right car? Am I wearing the right clothes for my heart to feel connected to something outside of myself. And so I think that those are all ways that we can be very reflective in our life and to be curious about what is it we're doing and how does it make us feel? What is inner peace to you? Inner peace to me and through my experience with others is really a state of being so present in a moment where you can feel the silence amidst the noise. And that sounds sort of like an oxymoron to say silence and noise can be intermixed within one one moment, but I believe they can. And that's really what's peaceful is that can everything be going on around me and I still can feel the sense of silence within my own being. And then, you know, you have peace. What, where, and who is God to you? Wow, that's a really another good question. Um, that's a deep question. Okay, let me, I'm going to separate it out. So first I'm going to go to who is God? I believe that you and I are God. I believe that everything around us is God. I believe that God is a source of pure love. God is a source of divine love, like divinity, something Just when, we, when I talked about the expanded abundance of, of whatever is available to us, I believe that is God. And I believe God really resonates within our heart. So God is within us. I sometimes substitute God for universe, divine, love, um, higher consciousness. I think everybody has different names for God. I don't believe it's a religious thing. I believe it's something that's just so profound and and bold and expanded and magical and mysterious and miraculous. And it's just sort of like this flowy goodness that's always within you, outside of you, and really orchestrating every aspect of your life. So when you talk about what and where is God, God is in everything you do. The divine is in anything you do. Now, can we lose sight of the divine within our life? Absolutely. 
because again, we go back into that slumbered state, right? We go back and just, just, just living a human life and we disconnect from this pure essence within us, our soul. And when we do that, then we can lose sight of God, the divine higher consciousness. When we are connected to that essence of who we really are, then we are connected to God. So, so where is God? Again, in everything you do. God is always orchestrating life um, through loved ones, relationships, experiences. So you're going to find God in those, in those places. Once we become disconnected, we will, we will, we will be on a, a search path to find God. Because again, our bodies want to be connected. Bodies want to be whole. So we're going to be, um, you're going to find your life is, is presenting experiences to you to where you can find God. Once you recognize God, again, God is the universe, higher consciousness, the divine love. Once you recognize that in everything around you, then again, God lives within you. He's a part that, that he or her, it doesn't matter what we refer to God as, it's a part of you and it lives within you and it lives outside of you. And that can, and it's again, that interconnectedness to, to just experience. We're here to just experience. What is to be spiritual and what is spirituality? It's funny, uh, a couple of years ago in my own journey, um, I had a, a friend who I had known for quite some time say to me, um, wow, you're, you're really more spiritual now. And, and it really, that question is so funny because it kind of caught me off guard because I thought I've always been this spiritual. So what I realized was I wasn't being truth to what was, what was again, the divine within myself. So I don't believe spiritual, uh, being spiritual or spirituality is a, is a religious order. I think it can be, but I don't think it has to be. Okay, it's a choice. I think it's about knowing who you are and having a relationship with the divine, God, higher consciousness, nature, love. I think that's really what it means to be spiritual. It's just a connection. It's a connection to knowing you are a spiritual being within a human body connected to both of those. I think it's the connection of knowing that there is this higher power that lives within your essence and it lives outside of your essence, and it's always going to be energetically helping guide you along your life. I think we can honor the traditions and the rituals within various religious entities as part of spirituality. I think they can bring us into an enlightened wisdom and more depth into our spirituality. And I think the combination of all of that adds such variety that it really brings a richness to understanding how we live in this world very consciously. So why did you choose to do what you do? When I was little, you know, like when you're playing dolls and Barbies and, and such my, I play, I played dolls and Barbies and all that when I was younger too. But my favorite thing to do was to be a teacher. We used to create worksheets. We used to, I used to have some of my cousins and my friends be the students and I would be the teacher. So there was always an aspect of me that wanted to be the teacher. 
And so when I graduated from college and went to get a job and then realized I really want to be a teacher, and I started down taking the coursework to become certified teacher, something came alive in me. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is who really who I am. And then when I began teaching in the school system, um, I taught fifth grade and then I taught third grade and then I taught special ed. And then I went to go teach teachers how to become better teachers. And each of those moments just added depth to my life. They added, they added more variation to this understanding that my sole purpose was to be a teacher in life. And I, I, I really remember the moment that I was standing in front of teachers that I had mentored for two years and I was giving them some, some um, accolades and I was giving them some insight and wisdom into how to engage students more clearly, right, with more clarity within their classroom and their, their lessons. And I remember someone, one of my teachers saying to me, you know, Christy, we agree with you and, and we're, we're there with you. We understand what you're saying, but we can't do that. Not in our classrooms. And I remember feeling so let down by life and thinking, why are you pushing me to get so, um, to build such a foundation of understanding how teaching and learning work if you're going to yank me out of and, and not let me help people get better at this. And it was in that moment that I realized I had done what I could in that particular system and that God was preparing me for a new system. And, and I walked away from that career. And I, and I talk about it in my book, Coming Home, that I walked away from that career with a, you know, a slight depression of not understanding why you build me and you, and you create this world of teaching and learning for me. And now you're going to, you have me want to go do something else. And I didn't understand it until now I look back and think, because we, we never understand experiences when we're living them, right? We only understand them when we can look back and link them together and see the broader vision for what, for what's planned for our lives. And so in that broader vision, I came to understand, wow, I'm still a teacher but God needs me on a different platform because I understand teaching and learning in such a hugely foundational way, but I also understand it in a hugely spiritual way. I understand it in a way that can bring about um, compassion and understanding and, and really what resonates with the everyday experiences of how teaching and learning are facets of how we live consciously and how we live an awakened life. I don't know that I chose teaching as much as I think teaching chose me. And I believe when you find your purpose and when you understand who you are, it all chooses you. It all, it all just kind of is attracted to you. So you attract who you are. And so I think there's just an aspect of me that's always a teacher. I think that's how I, how I mom my kids, how I mother my kids. I think it's how I relate to people in relationships like with my husband or my friends or my family and even with my kids it's just I'm a teacher so I'm always going to be teaching in any part of my life. How did you become a writer? Again I think that writing found me and it created a purpose because it was needed so there was a need and I was a willing participant so I really began to write 
um, back when I mentored my teachers. So I mentored um, secondary teachers for about eight years. I would have them in mentoring groups for two years. And I, I had a large amount of teachers and only one of me. And I couldn't be present in their lives as much as I wanted to or in their classrooms, really. So I had to come up with a way to be more present in their classroom every week because I couldn't get out to see them every week. It would be about every other week and some weeks with 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 uh, days off, it would be every three weeks. Well, that was just not enough to, to mentor and be present. So I began to write and the writing was kind of like, it was in an email form, but it was, it, it was resemblance of a blog. And I began to write to them and it was, it was how to bring learning and awareness and understanding and compassion and support and cheerleading and engagement to them. And I just started writing. And the more I would write, the more I would want to write more. And the more that just came out of me and the more that I channeled in and the more that my experiences would bring about new learning and I would share with them or I would read a book and want to share with them what I'm reading about how to become a better teacher. And so Again, I believe these things just come to you. They're attracted to you because you're you're open and willing to be guided by higher consciousness, God, the universe, love, to be the beacon of what is needed in the world, to be the messenger for what is needed to be communicated in the world. And I was a willing participant. I'm a learner. I'm a teacher. What was the inspiration, intention, and purpose of writing your book? Well, I really didn't want to write a book. So the truth is that I had had so many people for so many years, and I'm talking like probably five or six, maybe seven years, maybe even more, constantly say to me, you should be writing a book. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. You should write a book. Wow, you have so much insight. You should write a book. I mean, it it was getting to where I couldn't deny the message coming to me. And yet I still fought it because I kept thinking there's so many books on the shelves. There's so many books around. Why would someone need to have my book? And when I realized, when I finally agreed, and and I actually said to my husband, I think I'm supposed to write a book. The, The book that came out was not the book that I intended. So my intention of writing a book was to write a parenting book because that's what I thought I was good at. And that's what I thought was supposed to be. And and I do think that at some point I will be writing a parenting book. What came out was the initial story, and I'm kind of quoting in the air the word story, the initial awakening process that I went through where I began to understand my life and my life experiences and what they really meant. What came out in that book kind of shocked me a couple times through because, again, I got very tuned into a process of just sort of letting the words fall out and letting them get on a paper. And when they did, the story began to unfold and the words just began to come. And there were stories that came out that in the beginning of writing it, I sort of had this very human uh, meltdown And I thought, I don't want these stories to go out. I don't want people to know this about me. I don't want them to think I'm crazy or weird or that, you know, any of these things that were coming out, any of these emotions and feelings, I don't want them to know what I do behind my closed doors, right? Because we want to hide. And then there was a point where I had this friend show up and she just gave me this Huna prayer. And I began to pray 
okay, God, I'm willing. Use me. Allow this story to heal me and to heal others as you see fit. And I just surrendered it and I offered it to be what it needed to be. And so I relinquished the control and I let the words come. And I will tell you that at the very end of the book, I didn't know how it was going to end. So I'm sitting there and the very end, I was kind of struggling with. And in my reality, I had, um, I was getting connected to go have lunch with a, fr- a, a, a person that I never met before. And his name was Michael, which the name Michael had followed me for a long time. I now know that that is Archangel Michael, because I do a lot of work with angels. And I now know that that was Archangel Michael. It's also a spirit guide that I work with named Michael. And so this person's name was Michael. So I, I, I kind of had this, this feeling outside of myself where, okay, I'm going to go have lunch with this person. Didn't know what it meant. Didn't know what we were going to talk about. Um, I thought we were going to talk about writing books and how do you, you know, that whole experience. And as we were sitting there, um, this particular person happened to have cystic fibrosis which in my book, I talk about a cousin who had cystic fibrosis, who was like my best friend and where she died. And then I have this huge spiritual experience of going in to have my second son and the numbers of the rooms were the same. And I realized she was there with me that day because she had already passed away. And so I'm sitting across from him and I'm and I'm starting to have this like awakened moment of seeing there's something going on here. That's not about what we're talking about. It's something else. And we just happen to get on this topic about how to be present in your life, how to be very present, how to, how to handle experiences in your life. And I asked him, what advice would you give me in terms of writing and to continue writing this book and finish it? And he says, go all in. And what I realized is my cousin and I had always had this presence about us that whenever I was fully present, I could feel her and I knew she was with me. So when he said that, I knew she was giving me the ending to the book, go all in. So I went home and it was literally the most beautiful moment. I sat down in front of my laptop and I just started writing. And the ending is about going all in and realizing that you are love. That's what it means to go all in. To go all in means you are all love. You are lovable. You can love others. That's what it means to be whole. And so if I, if I have to kind of take a step back and say, what's the purpose of writing the book? I think my purpose in writing the book is, again, to inspire people to bring the divine into their life, to understand there is an orchestrated meaning behind every experience that you have there's an orchestrated purpose behind your own life in terms of growing to be who you really are meant to be your spiritual being, your human experience, your human body and the combination of those. And the more we can understand that and the more that I can inspire people to, to heal, to transform, to make the changes they need to make, to awaken to their own beauty and their own essence and their own understanding to walk through deep, dark moments and to find the happiness and the joy. I think that's really what the book does. I'm currently working on um, another book 
don't know where it's going to lead because the books, the writing seemed to take on a life of its own because I open up to the divine coming and working through me and letting the words be what someone needs to hear. Talk to me for a moment about the services you offer. So um, I have a podcast. Um, it's all on my website. So www.christypeck.com, living the liminal, finding the joy and the pauses of life. Um, we do a lot of inter- interacting with guests. And again, there's a platform um, that where I get to speak on topics of spirituality and growth and transformation and healing. And I have a lot of free options right now because um, we did a lot of changing during the pandemic. And I, I have a lot that I just want to offer people. Um, certainly the book is a service because the book will is written in a way, uh, the book coming home, a love story is written in a way that you can see your own. So it's written in a way that it's like a snow globe where you can read my experiences, but at, but it's written in a way that you will experience your own change and transformation by reading my own story. I, I offer soul mentoring, uh, packages where I help others again, find the divine within themselves and align their life to their heart, their mind, their body, their soul, um, and find their way, you know, to awaken in their life. Um, all of that is on my website. Um, we're getting ready to start a 30 day mothering, uh, program in May. I have, I'm working on a course that will probably come out in the summer or early fall of my first digital course on um, how to bring the divine into your life, into your everyday life. You know, so, so much we, we think of people who can connect with angels or connect to loved ones or to connect to these spirit guides as, oh, it's only for certain people and I have to be specially trained. And so I want to show you how you can have that in your everyday life, that you have the ability to open to that. Of course, it requires the work, right? Peeling the layers, that, because, that causes us to, to build up barriers or, or just have too many distractions where we cannot find that silence within the noise. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Um, again, look on my website, um, christypeck.com. You will find everything there. You will find my writing. Um, I'm on Instagram, the Christy Peck. I'm on Facebook. And again, all of those links are on the website and I have newsletters that come out. I have various, we have, I have a book club going on. We're finishing up our last few weeks and then I'll probably do another book club in the fall. Um, Again, those are free services right now. So everything is on my website and I would say, go to the website, look around, take a peek. It's, it's an interactive one and find my work there. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Okay, I'm going to answer that in terms of four things because I want to preface the first thing is I don't know anything about life. So after all that I've said, right, I'm going to say that I'm a learner and I'm a teacher. So life continually amazes me and I continually learn, wow, I didn't know that before. Wow, I never thought about that. Wow, how did I not remember that? Or how did I not think about that? So I believe that if we walk through life as if we are constantly learning, kind of like being a little kid again and just just discovering new things, that that really brings about an essence of, of our being 
And it brings about an awakening and it brings about an aliveness within us. So I'm going to preface that first, right? That one gets a big old star. Now I'm going to answer three things I know about life for sure. One, the divine wants us to be well, live well, and do well. So, so divinity is knowing and believing and trusting that everything is for you and that God has your best interest and wants the best for you in everything. Even if an experience is brought into your life that is treacherous, hard, challenging, grief-ridden, it, it is still always going to bring about what's best for everybody. Now, I know that sounds hard for us to sometimes hear because there are um, accidents that happen, right? And there are things that come about because again, everyone has free will. So while I believe that God orchestrates everything, I don't believe God brings in torture and, and sadness and grief and all those really heavy duty kinds of emotions and feelings, right? And experiences, because I believe that people have free will, but I believe that within an experience, that maybe comes your way that isn't orchestrated by God, okay? Because, and again, even though I say everything is, there are, are other people have free will and they could project harm onto you. So even in that happening, within your own experience, the divine will help you, guide you, be there for you in full ongoing support mode to get you through it, for you to grow and become a, a better version of yourself, to become stronger than you thought you were, to become more compassionate than you thought you were. So I believe that the divine is always within our, our, our grasp to live fully. Two, our life is meant to be lived awakened with joy, laughter, fun, freedom, and love. So again, these are choices, right? This is the pure essence of our life of living well, this is what it means. It doesn't mean that this is all we have because I believe that to experience pure joy, we can have space for holding grief at the same time. To experience laughter and fun, I, can, I believe that we have the capability, okay, the abundant capability, limitless capability to hold space for being bored at the same time. So like if you think back to the pandemic that we're still currently in, but some of us are kind of becoming, uh, we're moving away from being quarantined. But when we were in that quarantined moment, we experienced boredom. And yet at the same time, many of us were also experiencing fun and laughter because we can experience the duality of life within every moment. And awakening to that is really the essence of living well. Three, all experiences, all relationships come to us for us to learn about love, either loving ourselves, loving the other person, loving the experience, and, and most often, okay, so most of the time, it's to learn all three. So we are here to experience love in all of its form. And sometimes experiencing love requires us to experience non-love 
so that we can love ourselves more. So it's always to experience loving yourself more, loving another person more, loving the experience of just going through the experience, right? And then sometimes it's all three. So each one will lead you back to another and each one will lead you back to the pure essence of just love in itself. Thank you so much for your presence, for sharing your wisdom and doing what you do. Thank you so much. This was really a great opportunity and and I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share. And again, check out my website, www.christypeck.com. Everything is on there. You can hit, you'll find access to my Instagram accounts, my Facebook accounts, uh, Pinterest. You can get, you can sign up for the newsletters that come out a couple times a month and please listen to the podcast. There's a lot of learning that goes on and a lot of fun and laughter too. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Christy Peck and her work, please visit christypeck.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.